Well, I think probably uh, most of us are familiar um, with Our Lady of Fatima and with this apparition that took place almost 100 years ago now. But I'll kind of, maybe I'll do a little review here, refresh memories, and if there are those here who have not heard of this apparition, it'll be an opportunity to learn about it for the first time. Um, It is amazing that the Blessed Virgin Mary would have concern for us and for the course of human history, for humankind, for our fate in general. That out of the great love of God that possesses her immaculate heart, she would come down from heaven and she would speak to us to try to direct things in a better fashion, to try to warn us. And uh, she's done this numerous times in history. And one of the most kind of powerful and dramatic occasions on which she's done this was about a 100 years ago in Portugal, in a place called Fatima in Portugal. And uh, <clears throat> the this took place on the 17th, I'm sorry, the 13th of May, 20, uh, 1917, 1917, May 13th. And she appeared to three shepherd children, just these simple kids who were out watching the sheep of their, their families, their respective families. Lucy was the oldest one. She was nine years old. Then you have Jacinta, who was a cousin of Lucy's. She was, I think, something like six or seven. And then they had uh, another cousin, Francesco, who was uh, about eight years old or so. And it was to these simple children that Mary came and she wanted to speak to the world through these three simple children. She appeared on May 13th. And she would go on to appear every successive month after that on that exact day. So June 13th, July, so forth and so on, culminating in October. October 13th, 2017, uh, 1917. And it was on that day, that final apparition, that what's called the miracle of the sun took place. Um, you know, in contrast to last week, I spoke about uh, the rosary, and I included the story of a monk with the roses coming out of his mouth, and Mary plucking the roses and weaving together this wreath for her uh, as a crown for her head. And uh, there very well might be some historical fact behind that story, but for the most part, it's a legend, and I told it to try to explain the spirits and the, the rationale behind the rosary. But so in contrast to that legend, we have something that's anything but a legend. We have something here in the apparition of Fatima that is hard, uh, concrete, historical fact. Very well documented. From the moment that these apparitions began to take place, there were priests who were coming. They were interviewing these children to try to discern the authenticity of this purported apparition. There were psychologists, there were scientists, there were scholars of all sorts. And by the sixth apparition in October 13th, Uh, There were 70,000 people who gathered to witness this apparition of Mary. 70,000 people from all over the world, international crowd, 
uh, mostly Catholic, but some non-Catholic Christians, many uh, atheists, agnostics, skeptics, many believers, of course. So you had a whole range of individuals who may or may not be predisposed to believe in a Marian apparition. And they were all present. And they all, to some degree, saw the same thing. The sun, well, the sky in general began to uh, change in uh, colors and take on different hues and tints. And the sun itself began to change in color and to take upon itself different hues and tints, a silverish uh, hue. And then it actually began to appear multicolored. And it began to, at least in appearance, very likely not in physical reality, but in appearance to 70,000 people, it began to spin like a circle, uh, like a wheel on its hub. And it began to change colors and then actually emit light beams of different colors. And then it began to actually wobble. And again, according to appearance at least, it began to plummet from the sky to the earth. And uh, the people that were there present understood this to be an apocalyptic event. They thought it was the end of the world. And uh, those who hadn't gone to confession before, even though there weren't a priest in, in the earshot, they were making their confession right there and then. They were reciting the creed. They were praying the Hail Mary. There was much weeping. People were falling on the ground. At that time as well, there had been a very uh, powerful rainstorm that had just ended, and everybody was soaking wet, and everything was very muddy, of course, as well. And after the miracle of the sun, which lasted a few minutes, and then suddenly the sun was restored to its normal appearance, everybody was bone dry. So what had been previously soaking wet clothes were absolutely bone dry at the end of this uh, solar uh, display. Now, in the, that's what people saw uh, objectively. What they didn't see, but what the three children saw, was Mary herself. Now, whenever Mary would come, there were certain things that would take place. Again, the sky would kind of change colors. Sometimes the trees and the atmosphere would sort of take on different tints and hues. Some people said that they could hear Mary's voice in a very uh, low tone, speaking to the children. And um, But in any event, the children were given were the ones who were given the message. And it was a message that's very much in accord with our scripture texts today. Our first reading from the Book of Wisdom speaks about God as almighty, as transcendent of the created world, as in total control of all history and all nature. And out of love, God, even though he's so great and he doesn't need us, out of his pure love and his mercy, he speaks to us and he warns us. He gives us warnings. So we read here in Wisdom, he says, Therefore you rebuke offenders little by little, and you warn them, and you remind them of the sins they're committing, that they may abandon their wickedness. So even though there's kind of warnings and maybe even a sort of a threat that God might give to mankind, his motive is love, is supreme love. He desires not the death of the sinner, he desires the conversion of the sinner. And that's why he speaks time again and, and again. He sends prophets, culminating, of course, in his son, Jesus Christ. But then even in these times, he sends the mother of God, the mother of his son, to us, to speak to us, to give us warnings. 
Now, when the October uh, miracle of the sun took place, it was the very month of the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, the great October Revolution. And uh, Mary said to the three children, she said, if my message is listened to by humankind, the war, it was World War I at that time, the Great War was going to come to an end, uh, and there will be peace. If humankind does not listen to what I'm saying to them, if they do not make reparation for their sins, if they do not do penance, there will be a worse war, and it will take place. And she spoke the name of the Pope by name. There will be a worse war, and it will break out under the reign of the pontificate of Pius XI. And so, of course, as we know, World War II came about and broke out under the, the pontificate of Pius XI. And she said, if my words are listened to, there will be peace. But if not, Russia will spread her errors over the whole world, and there will be many wars, and many people will die as a result of these wars. And of course, as we know, that's precisely what happened with the rise of the USSR and the errors of the communist ideology being spread to China, South America, influencing Mexico, so forth and so on. Uh, so these are warnings that our Lord and Our Lady give to us out of love so that we can repent and change our ways. Reparation is another major theme of uh, Our Lady of Fatima, the message that she came to speak to us. We see this as well in our readings today in our scripture. So in our gospel, we have this guy, Zacchaeus, and in God's mercy, he's given the grace of conversion. And he responds and cooperates with this grace in a very generous manner. And he says, if I have extorted money from anybody, I'll pay it back fourfold. So here is Zacchaeus making reparation to human beings, to, to man. Now, reparation in the more kind of traditional sense of the word is a little bit deeper and more profound than making reparation to man. It's actually directed towards God. And But we see that as well, because he says, I'm going to sell, I'm going to give half my possessions to the poor. Now, that wasn't an issue of, you know, justice where he had taken something and he's paying it back. In that case, he was making reparation to God through his act of charity. And so we see that theme of reparation. It's an authentic and integral part of true conversion. Uh, this is the message of Our Lady of Fatima. And she came and she gave us the first Saturday devotions, the first Saturday communions of reparation. And I'd like to, beginning in the new year, in January, offer to the parish uh, the first Saturday communions of reparation. And it'd be an opportunity to come, see, uh, uh, assist at Mass, receive communion, uh, go to confession, pray the rosary together, meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, and I'll, at, the, at those first Saturdays, I'll be speaking more extensively about Our Lady of Fatima, which is a very fascinating and riveting apparition, very important, more relevant today than it's ever been. When we look at the world in the course of human events uh, and, and the things that are taking place right now with all the terrorism, international conflicts, the war in Syria, we can be tempted to lose hope. But the message of Fatima, although very sobering, also contains a great uh, hope. 
because of two things. First and foremost, this whole idea that we can make reparation for our sins and for the sins of others means that we can actually do something about the bad state of affairs in the world. We might be tempted sometimes to lose heart, to say, oh, what can you do? All of these bad things are going on. We can't do anything about it. But with this responsibility, the flip side of it, this sort of accountability that we have to God, the flip side of it is that we can really influence things. So if we heed Our Lady's message, we can change things for the better. We can steer this ship of world history in a, a, a positive direction. That's a beautiful thing. That's a, that's a message of hope. And also the idea of reparation includes within it, very fundamentally, the idea of solidarity with our neighbor and participation in the mystical body of Christ. We see Zacchaeus, who was an outsider. He was excluded from the people of God. But through the grace of conversion, Christ came into his life and included him, incorporating him into the people of God. For us Christians, we understand that as being incorporated into the mystical body of, of Christ and thereby participating in the graces, in the distribution of graces that Christ generously gives to mankind to draw them to conversion. So through our acts of penance, through our prayers, through our sacrifices, we can bring about our own conversion and the conversion of our neighbor and the conversion and the salvation of souls. We can make a real difference, thereby demonstrating love for neighbor, participation in the mystical body of Christ and communion with Christ, and a concern for the world, and thereby bringing about world peace. So, my brothers and sisters, I invite you all to these first Saturday devotions. They'll be beginning in January, February, March, and then there'll be five of them, culminating in May. May 13th, and that'll be the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. I invite you all to them, and you'll be hearing more about uh, these uh, communions of reparation on first Saturdays in the future.